eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good afternoon. Bear down, baby. Yes, sir. Bears fans, this is Take the North with your hosts, David Hall. There has been a lot in what promises to be a busy offseason, whether it's speculation over the number one draft pick and Justin Fields being traded or the execution of the closing on the land in Arlington Heights. And Dan Weeder. The 2023 Bears are made for the offseason. They are a dream in terms of content, in terms of debates, in terms of talking points, in terms of developments. We're just getting started. We're going to take the North and never give it back. Welcome to the Take the North podcast. I'm David Hoff on the Mullen Haw Show on 670 The Score. Dan Weeder is from the Chicago Tribune, covers the Bears. It is the final OTA this week. Next week is the mandatory minicamp. A lot has been accomplished on the field. A lot of chemistry has been developed, especially especially and notably, Dan, between Justin Fields and DJ Moore, the new wide receiver, the starting quarterback, ready to take a step on the No Excuses Tour. We've talked about that, but that seems to be what everybody is talking about coming out of OTAs. Jalen Johnson is back on the field but people seem to be fixated and focused on the offense and the connection between quarterback and receiver. Well, because you have a guy now that is is a no-doubt number one receiver for your budding franchise quarterback to lean on. And that's a true, true value uh, to a quarterback to have that trust, to have it be developing as quickly as it is, is notable. Jaquan Brisker had maybe the most notable testimonial this week in saying they look like their best friends, <laughs> which is pretty notable considering that they met, uh, you know, less than three months ago at this point when they went up to a Bulls game and, 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 and got a chance to meet for the first time, essentially. And so um, it's, it's notable. I mean, you can see it. Obviously, we're talking about sessions here practice-wise where Darnell Mooney is still not back and, and acclimated into the offense. Chase Claypool has missed time with some soft tissue stuff. And so Justin looks 
for who he can rely on. And right now, DJ Moore is number one on who can I rely on. And it, it looks pretty good. I will tell you this, that, that probably for me, um, in watching it with my own eyes and then asking around to, to the coaches in the building and some of the players, DJ Moore's ability to separate is notable every single practice. And you try to get into that a little more and find out why. I asked Andrew Janoko, uh, you know, what the quarterback's coach of the Bears, what makes DJ so quarterback friendly? And he said there's a combination of, of, of obviously the speed is there, but the savvy. The, the ability to understand what coverage you're getting on a certain play and knowing how to attack it with your leverage, knowing how to attack it with the way you run your route. These are things that create, you know, quarters of a second of openings that, that, second. Make, Boom. that make things easier for your That's quarterback. Explosiveness. Yeah. And one of the things that Andrew Dinoco said is, you know, as a quarterback, then you, you can trust that. Right. And we use this word trust a lot, but it's, it's not. Is he going to be in that window when he's supposed to be there? It's no, he's there. Boom, hit it. You know, and then he's got the ball and he's able to make a, a play with the ball. Tyke Tolbert went a step further with kind of his praise of DJ Moore's ability to absorb everything and said, given the volume of information they've thrown on him. Given this offense and how its complexity with with motions, shifts, and alignments, the DJ Moore is clearly studying at night because he comes back and he rarely misses a motion, shift, or alignment. And when you've got a guy who's already assignment sound in early June of, of his first season with the team, you say, okay, this portends very well for where things can head because now uh, when you can 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 understand that, now you can understand what the play is designed to do, and then you can understand using what we just talked about previously, your own background and library of information on how to attack coverages, you've got a guy who's, who's very, very sound in everything he does, quarterback's best friend right there. I just think that whenever people like coaches talk about DJ Moore, it just reinforces the idea that the experience factor is something the Bears really haven't had at that position combined with, they've had experienced receivers, but maybe not with the explosiveness, maybe not with the the ability to separate and the ability to make the crazy catches that Dave Wanstead says he hasn't seen the Bears make in years. I think the experience factor is what I look at and think that based on, again, very early returns, but you look at the roster and you look at the how much he is going to mean to this offense, it was very easy to think that DJ Moore could be the best football player on the field for the Bears next year. Maybe even including Justin Fields if Justin Fields struggles with consistency. I think you're going to get more consistency out of DJ Moore maybe than any other offensive player. I think you could get more explosiveness than anybody you know, with the exception of maybe Justin Fields. And that's what you traded for. And that's why I think that we talk all the time about how you know one can make the other better. They're going to complement each other and for DJ sure or and Justin Fields a very dangerous combination early returns are good and cynically some people will point out well you know what a year ago I heard exactly the same thing about D about Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney and at that point in time they, they were saying the same thing sure. I kind of rolled my eyes because Darnell Mooney as good as he was isn't DJ Moore and Justin Fields as good as he can be hadn't arrived yet either so I think that's different, even though it sounded the same. What we're talking about now is a guy who has been there, done that, and you can count on we'll do it again. That right there is the biggest difference. We were projecting with Mooney. We were seeing a, a, an escalator on its way up. With DJ Moore, he, he has proven it, and he's proven it with a half dozen or more quarterbacks throwing to him. So you're not guessing with any of this. You've seen the production. You know that it's established production, and you know what you're going to get out of him. Ideally, David, to your point, I think DJ Moore 
what you want if you're the Chicago Bears is that DJ Moore is so good that Justin Fields is by extension, the best player you have on the football field every week, right? And that that that's how Justin breaks through and takes the leap because as he works on all the other things that they're pushing him to work on, you've got a guy that can can get you a first down on third and six. You've got a guy that can get you a touchdown when you're inside the red zone. You've got a guy that consistently will be there for you that will elevate the confidence and command of a quarterback. And now all of a sudden the quarterback hits that springboard that we're waiting for, for Justin to hit. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch because look, like we, we've – been out now to, to to three OTA practices. It's three practices. You know, you can't make much of a judgment off right. of that. By late August, we're going to have 18 plus training camp practices. We're going to have a trip to Indianapolis to see what that looks like against an opposing defense. We're going to have a huge sample size to see if this was a mirage or whether it was just the start of something beautiful. And so it's going to be great here. It's, we don't have that long to wait anymore, you know, to, 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 to get this huge sample size of, of evidence that tells us how this connection is really coming along. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It's all conversation at this point, speculation and projection, but it does matter when you hear from the offensive coordinator and how Luke Getze plans to use all of these new weapons and maybe get the most out of the quarterback in year two in this offense for Justin Fields. Luke Getze did go to the podium this week as well and got another opportunity to talk about, you know, the latest in in Justin Fields and what he has seen from other guys. What did you hear from Luke Getze that stood out the most, Dan? Yeah, there's a couple things here for me, David. The first thing is, is that Luke always shoots you straight. And so he's not going to make something more than it is ever. And he's not going to let reporters asking leading questions make something more than it is either. And so I I, I kind of specifically just kind of open-ended asked him, what his command is personally of the personnel that he has with the vision of where he wants the offense to go. And he was pretty straightforward in saying, this is a, a phase of the off season where you can't do as much as you want to obviously can't establish a running game when there are no pads on and you're not able to do anything. And so there, there's a lot of feeling out that goes on during this period for an offensive coordinator who's trying to shape this offense. He's uh, very, very uh, emphatic and adamant that this, this, this stage of football in in April and May and June is about creating chemistry, about hammering fundamentals and about teaching. And then we'll get into training camp and we'll see what that all looks like when we hit the ground. His point is like, we've got to make progress in the areas that we just talked about so that when you do get into training camp, you're not taking a step back and reviewing things that should have already been pretty much solidified in April, May and June. Um, to that end, when we can get into a little bit more of this in a little bit, I think he has very clear-cut expectations of Justin Fields. I think they're echoed by his boss, Matt Eberflus, and then the quarterback's coach, Andrew Janoco, in setting up some, some pretty good parameters of where they want Justin to go. I cannot tell you how many times the words timing and rhythm have been said 
by people at that dais in the last, you know, five, six weeks at Hallis Hall, it's a lot. It's coming up every single session, and it's obviously a talking point that they're hammering every single day so that this developing quarterback really understands the importance of where he needs to go with that part of the passing game. So that's related to his relationship and dynamic and chemistry with receivers and DJ Moore and the new core and maybe the tight ends with uh, Cole Komet and Tunyon and maybe even the backfield. I wonder how the offensive line factors into that too, the timing, the rhythm, the familiarity, because I asked that because we spent an entire podcast earlier um, in a previous episode about Jalen Johnson's return. Nate Davis also back at right guard. <laughs> Nate Davis, you know, gets a $30 million free agent contract and then you couldn't find him. So now he's back and he's in, in an offensive line that feels like there's not going to be a ton of competition, Dan. And I, I don't think that's a bad thing Maybe they'll say otherwise, but you've got Cody Whitehair at center kind of to begin that chemistry and that dynamic and that continuity that you're talking about. And you got the same guards with Tevin Jenkins and Nate Davis. And then your tackles are your your homegrown products, Braxton Jones and, and Darnell Wright. So what value did Getsy attach to having those guys in place? And, and how much do you think that that is certainly going to be your, your unquestioned five offensive linemen. Oh, that's going to be, barring an injury, that's going to be your your offensive line for certain. Jatiri Carter has been taking the reps in Nate Davis's absence at guard. He's a day three pick last year out of Southern, a uh, guy that they're trying to groom and develop into to, to somebody that can be a, a guy that can hold down a roster spot and, and be an asset to you some way, somehow. Nate Davis's absence to me, David, is one of the bigger head scratchers because they talk all the time about creating that, that gel uh, um, among an offensive line as quickly as possible. And when you have one of your marquee signings decide that he doesn't need to gel as quick as everybody else, well, now you got to play catch up a little bit. He's back this week. He practiced earlier in the week with the three sessions that they had. And, you know, now it's about just trying to make up for lost time as much as you can to get that cohesion feeling like it's supposed to feel when you get to, to, to training camp. And then obviously from training camp into the regular season, that offensive line has got to be reliable for Justin Fields. We cannot be sitting here in October going, oh man, this is shakier than we thought it was going to be. And, and you know, these moving parts really have, have cost them an opportunity to fairly evaluate the quarterback. So you got to get that going quick, fast, in a hurry. And, and so, uh, you know, I, I need to see more from Nate Davis. We wanted to talk to him uh, after Wednesday's practice. A, a few media members requested to speak with Nate Davis, and uh, we asked if, if he declined and were told more or less. <laughs> what, do you think, what do you make of that? I mean, it's not anything big, but he just he, he's not very let's just agree. He's not concerned with making a strong first impression or worried about his perception. I think this is a veteran that's just worried about the reality of, of getting in the trenches and doing his job. Yeah, I mean, the, the the reason you want to hear from him is just to just get an understanding of where his his headspace has been. Is there legitimate personal reasons that you've been tending to things away from football for the last several weeks, or or did you just, as a veteran, feel like you earned the right to not come and do all the things that everybody else is doing right now? I'd love to just hear it in his words, and hopefully, maybe next week during minicamp when we have three days of availability, we'll get a chance to. Uh, to reconnect with Nate and, and figure out where he's at. Reconnect? Connect? Well, we talked to him one time in, uh, right after free agency. Right after so, he got signed? How, yeah. Was right, that right via Zoom? Uh, no, that was in person up there. That was in Hall. person? Okay. So, so memorable that you you lost it compl- completely. So. <laughs> he made such a strong impression <laughs> that I can't even remember the details. All right. So next week he will be there for mini camp and he'll be in place. I, I think that offensively the Bears – 
are, are really, it, it's odd to say, but the most, the most curious position, the most unsettled position is probably the running back spot, right? I mean, you know who your receivers are going to be. It healthy. It's going to be DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, Darnell Mooney. You've got your two tight ends, which I think are going to be very good compliments and threats, especially in the red zone. We just talked about the offensive line. Justin Fields is on the no excuses tour. He's a, he's the headline act running back. Killer Herbert, I know he talked about, you know, boxing and, and pass protection and all his improvements. Roshan Johnson has, has done everything except for, you know, been nominated to run for senator. <laughs> I, I think that you've got a lot of possibility in the backfield, but I just don't know yet if they know what order that that depth chart is going to stack up. Breaking news, just got this memo from the Chicago Bears. Roshan Johnson is now in charge of the stadium project <laughs> exactly. for, for House Hall. So he's he's obviously earned his way up the up the pecking order very quickly, as we expected on draft weekend that this climb was going to come for him. But yeah, that's a position that you really can't assess at this phase. They're not doing anything where you can judge a running back. I mean, I don't know the last time that you were able to glean a whole lot from individual drills that running backs are doing running through pads, you know, without pads on and, and just, uh, you know, skipping around and prancing around there's going to be a lot to, to learn when we get closer to the the regular season but they've got to sort that out and they've got to figure out um the complementary skill sets of these guys and how they want to blend them together uh, i think luke is very eager to kind of to kind of get this thing to the training camp phase so then you can start kind of doing the experimental stuff that allows you to, to form an identity and you want to have that identity crystallize really quickly um, and and so we'll be in wait and see mode there with the, the, the it's not a depth chart right now as Matt Eberflus told oh, us it's sorry, a rep, sorry. It's, it's a reps chart. Can we start that over? Can we cut that from the from the podcast? I don't want to make that mistake. I, it's I have, a reps chart. I thought I passed my Bears culture test, but I guess not. I flunked that uh, question. Um, hey, we digressing slightly regarding the running back position. It is related to the Bears because it's an NFC North issue. Wanted to get your reaction. Dalvin Cook, released by the Vikings, not a huge surprise, saves him $9 million in salary cap space. He was due to be a $14 million hit. Dalvin Cook, 27 years old, I think only 13 running backs in the last uh, seven years after their 28th birthday have gotten 1,000 yards. There are a lot of statistics to support the fact that the Vikings may be getting rid of a guy or preferred to a year early rather than a year too late. What do you think about Dalvin Cook leaving the division and how that makes the Vikings more uh, vulnerable? My, my first reaction is uh, there is no crueler position in sports than running back in the NFL. I, I mean, you can be one of the one of the league's top playmakers and 18 months later just be a cast up that no one really wants because you got too much wear and tear on you and they don't want to pay you and, and, and they can find a younger, cheaper version that can produce more. Um, and so that, that that's reaction one. Reaction two is that we all know that the Vikings are in this kind of awkward transitional phase of being a division championship team that is now trying to figure things out with where they go and 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 who are their core guys. We know who their number one playmaker is. He's the the, the guy that wears 18. You know, Justin Jefferson's going to be their their star for a long time and is one of the best players in the entire NFL. Um, but now you've got to make things work. You don't know how much time Kirk Cousins has left as your quarterback. You've got to figure out the entirety of your roster. And so it speaks to me to. Uh, uh, coupled with obviously the most landmark move of the NFC North offseason, Aaron Rodgers going to New York, the openness of this division and the inability for any of us to, to have a crystal ball and project it with any certainty at all, because every single team has some massive question marks that you know do not have obvious answers to them. 
Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. That leads us to our final segment, perhaps, but the prognostication. And when you look <laughs> at the NFC North, I think with or without Dalvin Cook, I don't know that I project the Bears to win more games than the Vikings. I don't know that I project the Bears to win more games than the Lions. And I don't know that I project the Bears to win more games than they lose. But there are some people out there that do that, Dan. There are some people out there that think the Bears are going to have – Quite a year. We have found our way to a new segment that I'm extremely eager to introduce because it's going to have a life for a long time to come here, okay. David. It's a chance for us to to take some shots back at some people that aren't okay. aren't really seeing clearly. And you know how much I like to take shots at I, people I that do, aren't I seeing do. clearly. Uh, at, at, Adam, <laughs> go, ahead. go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. We, go haven't, ahead. we haven't even gotten to your Twitter profile yet, but we don't need to this week. We've got plenty of ammunition. What you NFL doing, man? Network. What you NFL, doing, man? <laughs> that is the voice of Zach Pickens, uh, NFL analyst Adam Rank. Um, first of all, let me give you a little background on that. Zach Pickens was uh, being asked some questions by Patrick Finley. Uh, Patrick is the king of the follow-up, sometimes good follow-ups, sometimes off-the-wall follow-ups. And it's it's kind of noted in the media room that when when Patrick has the, uh, the floor to ask questions, you should be ready for just about anything because it might get a little bit off the wall quicker than you think. And that was a, a, a conversation. It was a He's conversation a related to uh, Zach Pickens and Jervon Dexter winding up on flights a lot during the pre-draft process as they went to workouts. And Pat, it was almost to the point of asking, like, you wound up on flights together. You know, what gates were they at? And did you stop at Auntie Anne's for a pretzel before you get And it was going. And then Zach Pickens responded with studs hit it. What you doing, man? <laughs> what you so, doing, man? <laughs> so our segment here, David, will, will be long lasting. What you doing, man? And our first honoree is Adam Rank, NFL network analyst who went on television last week, admitted Bears Homer and makes no apologies for being such and went down game by game through the entirety of the NFL schedule. I think you've got the Bears as maybe a six or seven win team. Am I correct I think I said seven and ten. I believe I said I think, seven and ten. I think I may have them at seven and ten, straddling the six and eleven fence. Well, Adam Rank went down the list and he went game by game and he got Deep into October, and the Bears still only had one loss. He had him starting the season at 6-1, and one, and he kept going, and he kept going, and he kept going. And by the end of his win-loss projection for every game, he had the Bears finishing 12-5. and five. Not only did he have the Bears finishing 12-5, and five, but when he predicted a win at Tampa in Week 2, he said, this is a place where the Bears have been very good in recent years. Had to go to the uh, Pro Football Reference database to check that out because I've been in Tampa many a times, and I don't remember the Bears leaving there uh, with many, many happy moments since Harold Jones-Corte had two interceptions back in a game eons ago. Who? You were there for that one. Harold Jones-Corte. You remember oh, him? Harold Jones-Corte. Okay, yeah, H-J-Q. I remember that. Well, 2016, ah. they, went to, they went to Raymond James, and they lost 36-10. to 10. The next year, they went to Raymond James, and they lost 29-7. to 7. 2021, they went to Raymond James and lost to Tom Brady 38-3 in a game where the Buccaneers didn't play all that well, and then they got back on the plane and Matt Nagy had COVID. So the recent trips to Tampa have not been as promising as Adam Rank thought. The 2023 season will not be as promising as Adam Rank thinks it will be. And so Zach Pickens gets the final word on this one because Adam Rank. What you doing, man? 
Okay, so we, we should have at some point Adam Rank on to defend himself. I'm sure. Let's no, go I'm not sure it. of anything, but <laughs> I, I I would imagine that if you are an analyst and you work for the NFL Network, you want to think care, through some things. Well you, well, you care about your credibility, don't you? Want to have some basis for the facts. So if his basis is that he's honest and transparent about it, this is totally a fan exercise. I'm leading with my heart, not my head. Okay. I think we could have them explain that, but nobody really knows that if they're just seeing on, you know, social media, whatever, that this NFL network analyst is picking the bears to win 12 games. It, it paints a misleading picture that they actually are good enough and have a roster complete enough to win 12 games. They, they may not have a guy with 12 sacks. They might not have a single or double digit sack guy. How do you have a team that's going to win 12 games if they can't have a double digit sack guy? They don't have a pass rusher, for goodness sake. This is a bit ridiculous. What are you doing, man? They got hot, though. They got they got hot in September and October, and they went six and one out of the gates here. Could you? I like this was sent to me via text, and I literally fell out of my chair uh, watching it when I saw six wins out of the first seven games. Literally well, fell out of my chair. I, I was really okay with it. I know, and I love your overreactions <laughs> to it because it kind of is fun and amusing. But yeah. when I saw the reference to the place that they have done well at in Tampa, I can remember <laughs> being there, the pirate ship of horrors. That's a terrible venue for the Bears. It kind Every of time they get in the red zone, the cannons are going off. And yes, you're like, I know. Ah, the cannons are going off. What are we and doing? You know, you know, that's a great trip. If you cover the Bears in Chicago, that's a great trip. But it never ends well for the no. Bears. So you remember those trips to Tampa. And there have been way too many. The Bears have not come home victorious, happy, or in one piece. So, By no. the way, that's also the site of where fullback Paul Asike landed on Kyle Long's ankle and derails yes. Kyle Long's career for the rest of time. So there's another really promising moment that happened at Raymond James Stadium. I think of minutes. it as the Chris Conti game. There was that one, that game that Chris Conti had a big game against the Bears, his former teammates. I also, Dan, I can remember going there and uh, when John Shoup had left the Bears and it landed on the Buccaneer staff. I think that was a bad day for them back in the day as well. So a lot of trips to Tampa, not many of them memorable for the Bears. But hey, what's a little information when you're making a prediction? This segment will get smoother. I promise our audience that as we go along. And this segment will be repeated, I promise you, because every week there's somebody that qualifies for this. And you got better believe that I'm going to find them every week or at least every month. Well, the hardest thing you're going to do all we, every week is to find, <laughs> to whittle it down to a list of one of people that piss you off. Correct. That's going to be hard to do. Correct. What are you doing, man? So, so thank you to Zach Pickens for providing us that, and he will uh, continue to provide us with great amusement as we go forward. And thank you to everyone out there for listening to this episode of Take the North. You can find it on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. There have been uh, it's been a lot of fun this week. It's been a lot of activity, and we talked about it all. And next week will be even better because the Bears have a three-day mandatory mini camp. So all of the doting fathers will have to be out there in uniform for the Bears, practicing and being away from their children, making that sacrifice, and, and getting on the field and getting better. The week of Father's Day, you're making me go out and cover three Bears practices? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're just going to have to figure out a way. And if you're not there, I understand your excuse because you are at home being a good dad and serving your community. So I look forward to that. Quick update on that note. Complete game win last night for the youngster on the mound. 11-1 victory uh, over Oriole Park. Went the distance in a a four-inning slaughter rule shutout. Really fun. 
Somebody please tell Tommy how not to shut out. 11 to 1. It was not a shutout. Oh, okay. Well, see, see, you're getting a, you're a bit of a braggart there now. You're like the dad getting carried away, you know, yeah. talking about the batting average that, well, he was hitting 500, but there were like three errors involved. That's okay. I think that uh, uh, Ryan Dempster slash Weederer was uh, is off to a, a, a very good start to the travel league season. Is that where we are? We are we're we're caught, we're in both right now. We're we're juggling them both. House playoffs end next week. Tra- that was a travel game last night, and away we go. We got about eighteen more games left. Pitch counts, please. Okay, sounded six, too- six, 60 last night. Okay, it was pretty, kids, pretty efficient. Kids in two travel leagues. I'm worried about. We don't need to be doing Tommy John surgery on his 14th birthday. Okay, We've got it monitored. We've got it surrounded, David. Don't what worry are you about doing, it. man? I'm, I'm father of the year. Okay, there we go. No, that that award's <laughs> already been given out. Okay, sorry. That one's maybe next year. Jalen Johnson had that one this season. Okay, we are going to get out of here. Uh, next week, we will be back talking about the Bears at the mandatory minicamp. Thank you for listening. For Adam Sadinsky, for Dan Weeder, I'm David Hall. We'll talk to you next time. Great talk. See you out there.